welcome to episode three, season two of our podcast, Why Care? We're your hosts, Molly and Jackson, and today we are here to discuss social media and its effects on mental health, body image, and the rest of our lives. So without further ado, welcome to Why Care about the effects of social media. Before we dive into all the negative impacts of social media, I would like to highlight some of the benefits to these platforms. For starters, it allows people to communicate with family and friends around the world, as well as finding new friends and communities or network with others who share similar interests or ambitions. Social media enables you to join or promote worthwhile causes or raise awareness on important issues, seek or offer emotional support during tough times such as COVID-19, designed as a way to keep people in touch and even a way to meet new people. And since it's relatively new technology, there's little research to establish the long-term consequences, good or bad. While humans are social creatures, we require in-person contact to release these hormones that alleviate stress and make you happier, healthier, and even more positive. Ironically, technology designed to keep us closer together really just creates FOMO, or the fear of missing out, and exacerbates mental health issues such as anxiety, depression, loneliness, self-harm, or even suicidal thoughts. In the United States, 69% of adults and 81% of teens are on social media, which puts a very large percentage of our population at an increased risk for feeling anxious, depressed, or ill over social media use. I figure this is fairly obvious, but when we say social media, we mean platforms such as Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and other popular posting platforms. A large factor of social media that creates anxiety is FOMO. If everyone is on social media, making jokes and discussing things, then there's a concern of missing out on jokes, connections, or invitations. Missing experiences can create anxiety and depression, so when people look online and see that they're excluded from an activity, it can negatively affect thoughts and feelings. A study from the University of Pennsylvania found that high usage of social media platforms increases feelings of loneliness, the exact opposite of its original intended purpose. Therefore, the same study found that reducing social media usage can make people feel less lonely and isolated and improve overall well-being. A British study from 2018 found that social media is directly tied to decreased, disrupted, and or delayed sleep. All of these effects on sleep are associated with depression, memory loss, and academic performance. Effects such as these on mental health can also have a large impact on physical health. Researchers have found that there is a strong connection between mind and body that can turn anxiety and depression into nausea, headaches, muscle tension, and tremors. We have reached out to our school psychiatrist, Dr. Ada Murray, for some more insight on the effect social media has on our mental health. I'm here with Dr. Murray to discuss some of the effects social media has on our mental health. And for those who don't know, Dr. Murray is a New Hampshire certified school psychiatrist who works at our school and is a fantastic resource for this topic. So now we'll just dive right into the questions. As someone who is around teenagers all the time, what negative or positive effect does social media have on our generation? Who you may not normally be able to, just geographically. um, And it allows you to access information that you may not have been able to access prior to um, kind of social media being available to you. That said, with that level of kind of kind of the power that that teenagers have to access information, there are risks. There are risks in terms of who you interact with. There are risks in terms of the kind of information. And I think a key risk that I I see is this idea of the algorithm, that social media um, companies are designed to increase engagement and have any user spend more time. And often, like I think about, 
one in particular is very video based the way in which what's presented after you watch a video is often a slightly more extreme or slightly more engaged like it's designed to you know <laughs> get you to click the next video yeah but there are some ways in which for teenagers who are struggling that can bring them down kind of a, a a whole of information it can be very um focused in some some areas and I, I think it leads to some risks i also think social media is here to stay so a big question is how do we help teenagers how do we help anyone engage in social media safely and in a healthy way yeah that's definitely a great answer thank you yeah um so the next question we have is how do you think covid has affected uh kids mental health use kind of social media use yeah 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 okay so i mean i think i'm so glad that we have social media i'm so glad we have technology right. in the face <laughs> of the pandemic right we, we were able to do school we were able to connect with people you're able to get together with family through facetime and like there's so many positive things but there are ways in which i could see social media also leading to loneliness uh, i think if you are a savvy user of social media and you know you have good restrictions you engage with people that you know in person um social media probably was an amazing tool to stay connected I mean, teenagers in general want to be with their friends they don't really want to be hanging out with their lame parents not that all parents are lame but like they don't really yeah. want to be hanging out with their parents they want to be with their friends and when everyone's socially isolated social media is a way to do that so i think in some ways it's been really helpful but i think for students who are maybe feeling socially isolated to begin with or students who maybe don't have the same level of protection on their accounts, it left them open to either feelings of isolation or engaging in social media, kind of like how I talked about going down some avenues that might not be successful. So I think a lot about the ways in which there are these kind of dark corners of the internet. And um, there are some really dark places that you can go when it comes to body image, if you're mm -hmm. a teenager, if you're anyone, but like there are some really dark corners of the internet related to body image. There's some really dark in, um, pieces of the internet related to um, depression or feelings of self-harm. And rather than you know, reaching out to people who can help or who can provide support, if, if, you're all, if, if you as a teenager feel like your only avenue is social media to, to kind of work through things, it's not the healthiest approach. Um, so, and because you're socially isolated, that's all you've got, right? So there's right. no, you're, you're, you're in health class, you get off your health class, boom, you go to social media, there's no like teacher in the hallway to be like, hey, are you doing okay? There's no, there's no, there's no balance. Yeah. On the opposite end of that social media use, that's more kind of in real life with adults who care about you and some of that connectedness. So. I'm glad it was there for a lot of kids, but I, I also worry sometimes about the ways in which, because it's not, during due to the pandemic, it's not paired with in-person connectedness, it can be really, really tough. I think one thing that I would think about is, there's this sense of like, when we're interacting in person, there's like stuff happening that we can't see. Like there are pheromones being passed, <laughs> and there's all this stuff that makes us, you know, like apes, and it's part of the reason why we enjoy working and being in a community, but like, it can feel really authentic when you're engaging with someone online, but there are some ways in which our just like physical bodies crave connectedness. I think about like oxytocin, and when you get a hug, you get oxytocin from it, and it's a really positive feeling. Um, I worked with campers this summer, and one of my big concerns was like, am I going to be able to hug campers? Because if I can't hug campers, like, what are we doing here? Like, that's important. <laughs> you know, you're away from home for six weeks, and you don't get a hug. We need to be we need to be able to figure this out. 
So I think um, it's a little bit of a tangent, but my point is, is that uh, social media can't replace those things. I think it's important to kind of consider all those aspects too. Even if you're a teenager and you think hugs are lame from, I don't know. Well, of course, that makes course. a lot of sense. <laughs> all right, so the last question that we have for you is, overall, do you see social media as like a net good or a net bad? Oof. Okay, so this is the worst. I don't think it's either. I think it's <laughs> okay. here to stay, so it actually doesn't matter. What ends up happening is that how do we make it a net good? And I think our health classes, and there are lots of ways in which our guidance department and health classes and things like that are teaching teenagers how to engage effectively. I think it's in. I think in many ways it is a net good. I, I mean, I, I love social media. I engage right. in social media. Like I think it's a net good for me. But there are some ways in which um, social media is a net good when you feel really empowered. Like you are the consumer and you have complete control over your social media. So if something if something pops up on your screen, it doesn't make you feel good. Unfollow. Do not ask to not see that anymore. There's no reason. You know, like there's right. no reason yeah. social media should be something that's fun and makes and feels happy. And if it's not, then you don't have to do it. Um, but I think sometimes that can be hard in the moment. And um, when you're seeking something, either it's connectedness or you, you want more friends or there's some there's some other uh, some pressure happening for you, social media can feel like um, a way to get it, but it may not be healthy. Um, I think social media is a net loss when kids aren't in control, kids aren't safe, and we haven't given kids, teenagers, adolescents, anyone, um, heck, my boomer mom who, like, doesn't know what she's doing outside of Facebook, like, it's always a net loss when people don't feel like they're in control. If you, I talked a little bit about some of the dark sides of the internet when it comes to body image and things like that, I think a key piece is, just like Instagram can be really tough if you're struggling with body image, Instagram can be incredibly helpful in if you change who you follow. There, there's a whole realm on Instagram that's related to body positivity. And Social media has become a vicious cycle because while it causes you to feel all the degrading feelings we have mentioned, it also makes you feel as though using it will ease the pain. This cycle can be outlined in four rotations. When you feel lonely, depressed, anxious, or stressed, you use social media more often as a way to relieve boredom or feel connected to others. Using social media more often, though, increases FOMO in feelings of inadequacy, dissatisfaction, and isolation. In turn, these feelings negatively affect your mood and worsen symptoms of depression, anxiety, and stress. These worsening symptoms cause you to use social media more, even more, and so the downward spiral continues. Across social media, a trend is clear. We constantly compare ourselves to others, whether it be comparing how someone else is spending their Friday night, how someone's body looks compared to yours, or how much someone else is posting about their relationship compared to your significant other. No matter the subject, we feel a constant need to compare ourselves to our peers and follows. Social media only gives a snapshot into a life and never shows the whole picture. Social media has a constant filter that makes everything appear much better than it really is. For more information on this topic, we have reached out to our fellow podcaster and friend, Tess Palin, about the effect that social media has on body image. Hi, I'm here with Tess, and before we dive right into the questions, I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi everyone, my name is Tess Palin. I'm currently on the track to become a registered dietitian and I also have a podcast that focuses on taking down diet culture. Great, so we thought that you would be an excellent resource to talk to about how social media affects body image for teenagers or just people on social media in general. 
So the first question that we have for the discussion today is, how much does society affect individual body image? I think this is a great question and it's definitely prevalent right now. I think it heavily, heavily affects it because there's this concept of the thin ideal that's perpetuated through magazines and runway models and gender norms specifically, like a woman is supposed to look a certain way and a man is supposed to look a certain way. And so when your body doesn't fit that image, you feel as though your body is wrong and that you have to change it. And then there's also diet culture, like I mentioned before, that basically equates your weight or your food choices to your moral value. And it perpetuates the idea that weight is a choice. And if you just have enough willpower or discipline, you can override your genetics and set point. And so there's this huge weight stigma and fat phobia in today's society that just deems people who are living in larger bodies as lazy or unsuccessful. And so we feel as though we have to change our body in order to escape from that stigma. And so individuals, like, I feel like it's getting younger and younger that children are feeling as though they have to change their bodies because their fear of facing that stigma when they grow older. Yeah, that's really good uh, input on that. That's a great answer. Thank you so much. So our second question is, do you think social media adds to the external influence on body image? 100%. And I, this was an interesting topic that I talked to about with my mom. And I think it's because she felt as though there wasn't this much of an impact on body image when she was growing up because of the lack of social media. Whereas like I have felt so much pressure to change my body because of social media because it just places so much value on appearance and body size and body shape. And these influencers who are using Photoshop are representing one, 5% of the population that is in naturally thin toned bodies. And they're also using Photoshop. So those bodies that they're portraying aren't even real. And it's only a highlight reel of their perfectly angled and posed photos. And so, you feel that you're never gonna chalk up to that and your body's never gonna look like that. And so it's never like, you just think your body's never gonna be enough and you can never look like these Photoshopped individuals on your Explore feed. And that's obviously horrible for people to be seeing on like every day, mm -hmm. seeing these people on Instagram. So I can see how that can definitely have a negative impact on like people's influence of body image and their interpretation definitely. of it. Definitely. So our next question is, as a dietitian, could, or someone on their way to becoming a dietitian, could social media's effect on body image have an indirect effect on a diet, which could lead to an unhealthy lifestyle? I think it's a direct effect, actually, because these social media influencers who have no training and no education in nutrition are pushing out their programs and their misinformation to these susceptible and vulnerable individuals about low calorie diets and not trusting your body and going on fat diets or cleanses and using hunger suppressants. Like Kim K literally promoted a lollipop to suppress 
hunger and millions of people are following this individual. And so they're just being taught that you're not supposed to listen to your hunger cues and you're supposed to not trust your body around food. And they're also promoting exercising seven times a day, seven, seven days a week. And it's, it's all just creating this dialect that you have to be changing your body or else you're doing something wrong. Like you have to be pursuing health and thinness or else you're morally bad or lazy or unsuccessful. And so obviously these social media influencers aren't doing this in a malicious way, but by promoting their quote unquote healthy lifestyles, all these individuals who are following these people and are seeing them on their Instagram feeds feel as though they have to do that to live that highlight reel that they're seeing on their everyday page. Right, which isn't a realistic expectation and obviously creates negative impacts. Mm -hmm. So our final question for you today is kind of just opening things up. So do you have any personal thoughts on social media or body image in general? Definitely. I think this is where you really just have to be honest with yourself and clean up your following or explore feed because if you are being triggered or are being forced into these thoughts that your body is wrong and that you have to change it and look like these people and eat a different way and move your body in a forceful and unhealthy way, you just need to be honest. And if you are getting caught up in those thoughts, just take a step back and remind yourself that it is just an edited highlight reel of people's lives. And they more often than not do not have any education or any training on these nutrition and exercise fields. And you don't need to compare your body to theirs because bodies come in all shapes and sizes and your body serves you in so many more ways than just its look. And there are so many body, body positive and body neutral accounts that you could be following instead of these toxic diet culture accounts. That's a great way to look at things. And I really appreciate all that you've talked about today and all the information you're putting out there. So thank you so much for joining us today. And if you want to put a little plug in here about your amazing podcast, go right ahead. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. So it's called The Diet Dump. And it's available on all platforms. And you can also find it at The Diet Dump on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you for great. having me, thank Molly. You so this much. was great. Of course. While some people are able to moderate their social media usage, 20% of people feel that they have to check their social media account at least once every three hours to avoid feeling anxious. This goes beyond FOMO and is actually a new disorder, social media anxiety disorder. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all of this new information and have found yourself thinking about how to improve your mental health issues caused from social media, then turn up the volume for this next section. We have found three simple steps to ease your worries. Number one, reduce your time online. As simple as this sounds, it can be very difficult to carry out in real life. A study from the University of Pennsylvania found that reducing social media use to 30 minutes a day results in a severe reduction of the negative feelings we have been talking about. Some ways to do this include tracking how much time you spend on social media each day, turning off your phone at certain times of the day, don't bring your phone or tablet to bed, disable, disable notifications, limit checks, and lastly, try to remove social media apps from your phone. The second step is to change your focus. If you're on social media because you are bored, try doing something else instead. Number three, spend more time with offline friends. Everyone needs face-to-face -face company of others to be more happy and healthy. 
So trying to include more offline friend time is important. Why care? About 10% of teens report being bullied on social media. Why care? Why care? Sharing endless selfies and all of your innermost thoughts on social media can create an unhealthy self-centeredness and distance you from your real-life connections. Why care? One in six teenagers have experienced at least one of the six different forms of abusive behavior online. Listening to this episode of Why Care, we appreciate all of your support and hope you'll continue to do so. More places to support us are on Instagram and Twitter, with our handles being at Why Care Podcast. Also, feel free to email us with any feedback or questions at whycarepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks!